is going to be very significant in this message, so praise the Lord for it. Listen, I believe everybody in this room, everybody in this room is made for more. Come on, let me hear from you if, feel like, if you feel like you're made for more. Have you ever had times in your life when you looked around at your life and you said to, you, to yourself, there's got to be more than this? Wave at me if that's ever been you. In those moments when I'm feeling like there ought to be more, it's because, precious, there ought to be more. Those desires, I found out, come from the Lord, and He's just reminded me, I didn't create you to settle, but I made you for more. So I have, I have one of the most significant words that I believe God has ever given me to preach today. It's going to be mighty, mighty, mighty. We're coming from Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 37. You can follow along on the screen. My live streamers, thank you for tuning in. It says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Look at verse 38. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. I want to talk to you today about new wine. How many of you want to become new wine? Something new the Lord can use. Come on, slip up your hands, precious, if that's you. Father, I stand before you today asking for your anointing to come on me and on your people. Anoint me to preach and anoint your people to hear because how can they hear without a preacher, not a prognosticator, not someone who stands and gives their opinion. They need a preacher. Make me your preacher today, Holy Ghost. I pray that you will encourage and strengthen your people and show them you're, that you're doing a new thing. We give you all the glory. All the people ready for new wine, give the Lord a great big praise right now. Come on. You can be seated. In the Bible, new wine represents a number of things. New wine is very powerful because it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And the believers at Pentecost, uh, when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, they were accused of being drunk with new wine. And I am here today to testify that I believe in that new wine experience, that I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. In this parable Jesus shares here in Luke chapter 5, it pays to bear mind and bear witness to who he's talking to. He's actually talking to Pharisees. And in this parable, he begins to discuss old wine and new wine. The old wine represents the old covenant. It represents the old way. And these Pharisees, they were very comfortable with the old way, the old covenant, and the old wine. But the gospel of Jesus, the new covenant, it represents new wine. It represents a new thing. And here, these Pharisees are. In verse 40, Jesus is speaking to them and he says to them, if you've been drinking old wine and that's what you're accustomed to, then you believe that old wine is best, even though there's something better. 
even though there's something you've never tasted and something you've never had, you are happy to settle for the old when the new is better. These religious leaders here, they were so comfortable with the old covenant, the old way, and the old wine. When Jesus came in fulfillment, and the Bible said he offered a new and a better way. I don't know about you, but if the Lord has a new and a better way for me, I want to walk in the new and the better way. This was the new covenant. This was the new way. This was the new wine. And, and, and Jesus said, you've been drinking that old wine so long that you think the old wine is the best, but the new wine is better. What Jesus was offering them was so much more than what they had. Oh, hear me. What Jesus offers us is so much more than anything we've ever had. See, never allow the old thing that you have to hold you from the new thing God has for you. I never want to be so attached to something old that I can't receive something new. How many people miss the new thing that God has for them because they're attached to old ways, old paradigms, old behaviors, old friends, old mindsets, old habits. But in this service, I believe that God is about to break the old thing off so you can prepare for the new thing. The new wine represents the new covenant, the new thing that God wants to do. But this is where I really want to go today. New wine represents you and me. It represents the new thing that God is making out of our lives through Jesus Christ. Hear me. That he would take our old broke down lives and make something new out of them. That he would find value in our old broken down lives and make something new out of them never ceases to amaze me. So the new wine is me. And the new wine is you. And I want to tell you, you may have feel like you've been trapped in an old season. But my God specializes in making old things new. <laughs> the Bible said in Revelations 21.5, Behold, I make all things new. That's including you and including me. And today I want to talk to you about this new wine that you're becoming. I want to talk to you about this new thing that God is doing in you and God is doing for you and God wants to make of you. That God is going to use you in this next season and it's going to be a new thing. And I want you to open your heart because I've never had a more significant word in my life than I have today. I heard this song a few weeks ago when the Lord began to speak to me about the process of making new wine. And this is where this message comes from. So the first thing I want to show you is this. The grapes were wanted. The grapes that were used to make the new wine, they were wanted. Because what you've got to understand, precious, is this. Not all grapes were new wine worthy. The winemaker selected these grapes. He picked these grapes, and he chose the ones that he wanted. I, I read recently that the quality of grapes determined, determined the quality of the wine. These grapes were harvested at a specific time from a particular place. This new wine, these new wine grapes, they were always picked in season. And the winemaker determined the usefulness and the quality of these grapes by their sweetness. The sweeter they were, the more valuable they were. 
I don't know about you, but I want to be a sweet Christian. I want to be a Christian that has a kindness about him, a goodness about him, a sweetness about him. And I want it to be from the outside, from the inside out. Now hear me in this place. We are like those grapes. God chose us. Just like the winemaker chose those grapes, he wanted those grapes. The grapes were wanted. God chose us. He picked us because he wanted us. He didn't settle for us. He wanted us. He wants every person in this room. He has chosen you because he wants you. There is something about you that he sees that is precious. He sees something in you that you, he can use. Hear me in this room. Before we ever knew what we had the ability to become, he wanted us. When we saw no purpose or value in ourselves, he wanted us. Before we ever knew what we even had the ability to become, he chose us. He wanted us. I'm a wanted man today. You're a wanted woman today. I'm wanted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I may not be on the FBI's most wanted list, but I'm on heaven's most wanted list. He wants me. He chose me. He picked me. There are many reasons that I love him. There are many reasons that I get broke down in my worship. There are many reasons that I'll weep in a minute and shout in a second. It's because when I realize that he chose me, when I realize that the God of angel armies wanted me, that makes me want to say thank you, Lord, that he picked me. He saw me beyond my surroundings. He saw me beyond my past, just like that winemaker picked it and said, I want it. God said, I'm going to pick you because I want you. I can use you. I want them. I've got something for them. There's something in them that is valuable to me. He chose you. Listen, the Bible said in Deuteronomy 32, 9, for the Lord's portion is his people. Ah, oh, my goodness gracious. When you think about that, El Shaddai chose you. Jehovah chose you, the God of all that there is, all that there was, and all that there ever will be chose you. He chose you because he wanted you. That thrills my soul right there. That gets deep down inside of me right now. He chose me. He, he, he wants me. We could go home right there and have enough to go all week long on. We could leave right there and have enough to say, thank you, Jesus. I got something out of church today to know that you chose me, that you wanted me. No matter who has rejected me, you chose me. And when you understand that he wants you, and when you understand that he chose you, and when you understand that he picked you, that automatically puts you at an advantage. That automatically puts you at the front of the line because he chose you. Why did he choose you? He pulled you out of your surrounding. He saw the junk that you were in. He saw your past, your issues, your problems, your mess. He saw everything that you were in, but he chose you because he knows the quality that lies in you. He knew that what was in you was greater than what you were in. 
I feel like talking to somebody. That's why you're so invaluable. He chose you. He wants you. Oh, somebody ought to praise him because he chose you today. He chose you, not based on what you had to offer on the outside, but based on what you had to offer from the inside. So, so, so understand this. The grape was wanted. And I want you to understand the day you are are wanted. Hear me in this place. Number two, the grapes were washed. Now, don't miss that. It's an important part of the process. You can't miss the need for being washed. The grape had to be clean. The preparer would deal with the dirt. The winemaker wanted the grapes so much that he was willing to wash the grapes. He saw their potential and his plan. He knew that when their potential and his plan converged, that something incredible would take place and new wine would manifest. So he saw their potential. He had a plan and that he would take the time to wash them and clean them is a wonderful thing because he knew that in addition to being washed that they would need to be cleansed. So he washed away the filth. He washed away the dirt. He washed away the mud. See, here's what I love about God. God will never pick you up and not clean you up. Oh, where y'all at today? God will never leave you like you were. He will never pick you up and leave the mess on you. He will never pick you up and leave the problem on you, the addiction on you, the behavior on you. He'll clean you up. Some of you are only here today because he cleaned you up. He picked you up and he cleaned you up. Tell your neighbor he'll clean you up. He'll clean up your past. He'll clean up your problem. He'll clean up your mess. He'll clean up your reputation. He'll clean up your mind. He'll clean up your mouth. He'll clean up your agenda. Come on, you can't, you can't talk like the devil and bind the devil. Can I get a witness in this place? You can't sleep with the devil on Friday and bind him on Sunday. I, oh, nobody's saying too much, but when he picks you, he will also clean you. He wants you and he washes you. He'll wash your agenda. He'll wash off your failures. He'll wash off your old life. He'll wash off your old ways. I'm glad for a God that loves me enough, not just to want me, but to wash me. Maybe you ain't everything you ought to be, but you're certainly not what you used to be. Hallelujah. Anybody glad that he cleaned you up, that he wanted you and he washed you? If, if anybody understood that reality, the psalmist David is, because David said in Psalms 51, he, he's tore up from the floor up, beat up from the feet up, messed up from the chest up. Come on, somebody. He got issues and problems, but in Psalms 51, he knows he's anointed to be king, but he says, Lord, now I need you to wash me. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities. Cleanse me from my sins. See, not only does the winemaker want you, he also wants to wash you. David said, wash me, Lord. He cried out to God and said, Lord, I need you to clean me up. I'm glad for a God that will pick me up and clean me up. Hallelujah. He wants to make new wine out of you. And we need to be like David and say, Lord, wash me. Come on, Lord, make me clean. Whatever's on me that ought to be off of me, take it off of me. Is it an attitude? God, is it a behavior? Lord, wash it off of me. So the grapes 
are wanted and then the grapes are washed but here we come to a third part a third part that we'd rather skip parts of it that we don't really want to talk about but this is a reality toward becoming new wine nonetheless it's all part of the process somebody say process it's all part of the process because the grapes are wanted. Yes, they're wanted. The grapes are washed. He knows with his plan and your potential, he'll make something great. But I got to wash you first. I picked you up. Now let me clean you up. So the grapes are wanted. Then the grapes are washed. But then a third thing happens that we don't really like. Number three, the grapes are wounded. See, this is an important part. And, and my, 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 we can't ignore this fact that before the grapes, could produce new wine they had to be crushed they had to be wounded oh Jesus the, the, the winemaker would put the wanted and washed grapes in a large bowl and then he would step on the grapes and he would begin to crush the grapes because he wanted to release what was inside of them and he knew that he could not get out what was in without taking them through the process of wounding he knew that this was part of the plan See, some of you have been wounded and the devil doesn't want you to know that this is part of the plan. This is all part of the new thing that God is about to do in your life. This winemaker knows that through wounding the grapes, by taking them through the pressure and the crushing, that the sweetness and the potential of the grapes, all that they possess would finally be released. And I want to tell you what some preachers won't tell you because they're scared of you. But see, truth is, I ain't scared of none of y'all hallelujah they won't tell you that you're gonna have crushing days they won't tell you that times you'll go through situations and circumstances that you don't understand that sometimes you go through crushing seasons sometimes you get bad news sometimes people act crazy sometimes your children are demon possessed sometimes your husband breaks your heart sometimes the money doesn't come just when you want it sometimes you don't like the doctor's report sometimes Sometimes you go through seasons and you say, Lord, if you wanted me and you washed me, now why are you wounding me? Where are the real people at church today? If you wanted me and you washed me, now why are you wounding me? Why are you taking me through this season? Why am I crying now? Why am I wounded now? You wanted me and you washed me. Why in the world are you wounded me? Uh, listen, I'm not saying that we have to live defeated, but understand me. Without trouble, we won't understand our who we're called to be. We want, we want more without trouble. We want more without bad news. We want more without sickness. We want more without a journey we want more without a process and I'm not saying you have to walk in sickness or disease we claim that with his stripes we are healed but we want never a bad day but we want more we want more without the journey but where is your faith going to be tried if it is not ever tested where will you find yourself a place where you can say it is well with my soul for God is on my side listen 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 because the winemaker would crush the grapes understand me he would crush them but he was careful he was careful he was careful not to crush the seed 
Though he crushed the grape, he would not crush the seed. Why? Because the seed represents the potential. The seed represents what is to come. See, God's crushing never kills your potential. It frees it. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. See, the seed couldn't be seen without the crushing. But there was something about the crushing that revealed the seed. And the enemy wants to make you think that the crushing you're going through is going to kill your potential. But all the crushing does is free up the seed. So you'll be able to manifest in the next season what you're supposed to manifest. The devil's mad right now because you endured some crushing and all it did was reveal that there is a seed that God ain't finished. The great seed was released by the crushing and he never crushed the, the seed. Listen, listen, listen. He never crushed the seed in order to destroy it but only to free its potential. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to put him to grief and to make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see his seed if Jesus had to endure the crushing if Jesus had to endure the wounding hear me in this room how can we escape it but just like Jesus we shall see our seed Jesus saw his seed his seed is you and it's me we are the fruition of that seed coming to pass. He saw his seed, and I need to tell somebody in this second service at Calvary that that crushing is only going to reveal your potential. It's going to get out what's in you. The devil does not have the last word. Sometimes you walk through crushing season. Sometimes you go through things you don't understand. But hear me in this room. He crushed the seed. You know, I mean, he crushed the grapes. But watch this. He did not crush the seed he refused to crush the seed you know why because the seed represents potential but also the winemaker was careful not to crush the seed because if he crushed the seed then the wine would get bitter anyone thankful that God's crushing never made you bitter <laughs> It, it made you better. Glory be to God. God will never allow you to endure crushing and, 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 and make you bitter. God will allow you to endure crushing, not to make you bitter, but to make you better. Hallelujah. The things I went through made me better. My trouble made me better. My crushing released my potential. There were things out in me that could not get out until I went through that hard time. My crushing released my purpose. It released my potential. My crushing changed me. It made me better. Just like the grape, my crushing has added value to my life. My tears have added value to my life. My struggle has added value to my life because what was inside of me found its way out when I went through my trouble. We don't like trouble, but sometimes it is trouble that reveals our potential thank you God thank you God thank you God it's the wounding of the great that releases the potential it's the wounding of the grape that brings out all that's in it so why not stop right now instead of tripping over what you've been through and being upset about what you've been through why don't you stop right now and say thank you God thank you God for every storm thank you God for every battle for every mountain you wore brought me over for every trial that you've seen me through 
Oh, oh, why not stop and thank God that it didn't kill you? It made you better. Why don't you stop and thank God that it didn't slow you down or stop you from being what God called you to be? It opened up your potential. The devil thought my wound would destroy me. The devil thought that it would be over, but all the wounding did, all the crushing did, was show God to me and me to me. Hallelujah. It showed me what was inside of me. It showed me really what was deep down inside of me that I never would have found out I'm bigger than I think I am. I'm stronger than I think I am. There's more inside of me than I realized there was. I'm thankful today that my crushing didn't kill me. It showed me I really am more than a conqueror. He really is more than enough. I need... <sighs> Tell your neighbor, sometimes it takes trouble. Sometimes it takes a storm before you walk on water. Sometimes it takes trouble before you can say, God, I'm going to trust you anyway and know that all things are working together for my good. Uh, my crushing added value to my life. See, you can't know me without knowing that I've had trouble. You can't understand who I am. You don't understand my praise until you understand my process. That's why I can't have you judge me when I give God praise. Because my crushing added, added value to my life. Uh, hell does not want you to know it, but your wounds have added value to your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your scratches and your dents. My kids like to shop in these places where stuff is used, where the furniture is used, and they say it's precious because it's vintage. Hallelujah. Baby, you ain't throw away you vintage. Hallelujah. My, my, my cracks show me that I am who I say I am. My scratches, my dents make me valuable. They show that you can take a licking and keep right on taking. Hallelujah. My, my wounds make me valuable. My dents, my scratches, my trouble. And I'm thankful that he crushed me. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that he took me through seasons that I did not understand because it, it added value to my life. When Jesus saw the disciples after he had risen from the dead, the Bible said that he showed them his wounds and then they were glad. See, people who love you, really love you, they're going to love your wounds and all. Now, now remember where we are, the grapes are wanted, huh? The grapes are washed, and then number three, the grapes are wounded. Lord, you, you wanted me, you washed me, but now you're wounding me, but here we're not done yet. Number four, the grapes are winnowed. Now, now before they were wanted, after they were wanted, after they were washed, after they were wounded, then they were winnowed. Winnow means to remove what is impure and not necessary. It means to take away from you what you don't need. It means to remove from you the thing that you don't need to become what he's calling you to become. It's, it, you know, wheat is winnowed and refined. And in this situation, the grapes are winnowed to become new wine. After these grapes are crushed, there's the matter of the flesh. They had to deal with the flesh because the flesh of the grape was still there. I'm saved, but my flesh is still here. Oh, y'all just sit there and look straight ahead. I'm, I love Jesus, but my flesh, I'm still dealing with my flesh. I'm a worshiper. I pay my tithe, but I still got flesh issues. 
Oh, preach Pastor Rayleigh. I'll amen myself. He had to deal with the flesh. After the grapes are crushed, there was the matter of the flesh. Because in order for the new wine to manifest, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh of the grape had to be dealt with the winemaker. He knew that the grape could never achieve its full potential till he dealt with the flesh. And, and I want to tell you, we will never become all that God is calling us to become. We'll never become that new wine until we allow him to deal with the flesh. Yeah, yeah, the old folk used to call it sanctification. We don't hear much about that anymore. We don't hear much about the God who will sanctify you and deal with your flesh. I'm thankful when I understand that that winemaker would get that sieve and he would sift out that, that flesh and he would say, I've got to get that flesh out of the way because that flesh is going to try to block what I've got for him. So I'm going to deal with that flesh. I I don't want anything to stand between me and the plan. I don't want anything to stand between the potential that I have for them. So I'll deal with the flesh. I don't know about you. I'm thankful for a God who required me to deal with my flesh. Oh, that flesh, man, it's our animal nature. It's that part of us that says, no matter what, if my flesh wants it, my flesh is going to get it. If the spirit man wars and the flesh man wars, and it's within you. They war for your eternal soul. And the flesh man is constantly trying to pull you into lying and lusting and living any old way. And you got the spirit man pulling you toward the things of God. But I'm thankful for a God that dealt with my flesh. I'm thankful for a God who deals with it today deals with it right now at 54 years old he's still dealing with my flesh because Paul said for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh these are opposed to one another so that you don't do what you want there's a war inside of you between the flesh and the spirit but I'm, I'm thankful today I'm thankful for a God that has dealt with me about my flesh he dealt with me about this animal nature and because he dealt with me I didn't lose my marriage because because he dealt with me I didn't lose my way because he dealt with me I'm still on the platform preaching because he didn't let me get so crazy he said I'm gonna deal with that flesh I'm gonna deal with that lust I'm gonna deal with that attitude I'm gonna deal with that problem because I love you enough I got a plan for you I got something you gotta do and I can't let you sabotage it because you wouldn't let me deal with the flesh but you need to say God whatever you want to do do it now but don't let me hold on to something that you you want would you want me to let go of don't let me hold them thank you God for dealing with my flesh he'll talk to you about the websites you're going to he'll talk to you about the things you're watching John ain't saying nothing now but now we're gonna talk about sanctification he'll talk to you about the attitude you're having he'll talk to you about the way you're you're posting on Facebook he'll talk to you about the things that you're saying God will deal with your flesh he'll work on you yes he will God will remove whatever stands in opposition of us becoming new wine so he'll sift it that's why he had to take that relationship away 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you thought God was being mean to you. He was protecting you. That's why he had to deal with that action. That's why he had to say, you got to let that grudge go. You got to let that pain go. It ha you got to let it go because I got something better for you. Don't be captured by the old thing. He, he, listen, he'll sift you. He'll deal with the attitude. He'll deal with the behavior. Deal with it, God. Somebody say, deal with it, God. Deal with it, God. Don't let anything stay attached to me that will stop me from becoming new wine. Separate me from what I don't need. Get people out of my life that I don't need. Get me away from things that I don't need. Sift my life. Take it from me. Oh, nobody's shouting now. Take it from me, God. If it'll keep me away from you, take it from me. If it'll stop the new thing you want to do in my to sift it. God, if you got to take it, take it. But don't leave me like I am. Don't leave me half done. Don't leave me half finished. I got to go all the way. I got to go all the way. Is there anybody? Come on, do you have to go all the way? Do you have to go all the way? Come on now. The grapes are, they're wanted. They're wanted. They're wanted. The grapes are washed. They're washed. They're washed. The grapes are wounded. They're wounded. They're wounded. Then the grapes are winnowed. The flesh is dealt with. They're winnowed. They're winnowed. They're winnowed. He, you're in this situation now. You're the grape. And you've been wanted. You've been washed. You've been wounded. You've been winnowed. And now what happens to the grape? Number five, the grapes wait. What do you do? When you've been wanted, I am preaching better than your amen. And when you have been wanted, when you have been washed, when you have been wounded, and when you have been winnowed, and now God says you gotta wait. Because that 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 grape juice, it was taken and placed in a vat. It was placed unto itself. What do you do when you feel like you are ready for more, ready to be poured out, and God isolates you? You've been, you've been wanted, you, you've been washed, you've been wounded, and you've been winnowed, and God says, now wait. What do you do when you don't want to wait? What do you do when you say, God, I'm ready, and the Lord says, no, you're not? He puts you in a place where time can seem like eternity. He'll put you in a place where it seems dark because you can't find, you can't see him moving. You don't know what he's doing because it's dark. Can I talk to real people who has lived a little bit of this life? Where you say, God, I don't even see what you're doing. I don't even understand what I'm going through. I thought we were through with that. Why am I waiting now? I can't even track you, Lord. It seems dark. See, hear me in this room. God will isolate you. Even though you're wanted, you're washed, you're wounded, and you're winnowed. God says, now wait. But hear me in this room. Sometimes, somebody say sometimes. Sometimes God has to get you by yourself to get you to yourself 
He has to get you beyond the, the conversation of others. He has to get you to a place where you don't have a source anywhere else but him. First of all, you need to understand that the waiting is about two things. Somebody say two things. Number one, it's about not just the preparation. It's about the final preparation. Uh, not just preparation, but the final preparation. Because you've been wanted, you've been, you've been washed, you've been wounded, you've been winnowed, and now you're waiting. And this waiting process is not just about preparation. It's about the final preparation. That means the next step is going to be a big step because God is getting you ready for the new thing that he is about to do in your life because you are new wine. So he had to separate you. He had to separate you from some people. He had to separate you from some relationship. He had to separate you even from opportunities and places. He even had to take some of you from the influence of your own family. Yeah. All because he was preparing you. God said, I got too much in you. I love you too much to allow you to get to a place that I have not prepared nor called you to be. I need to prophesy to someone. I need to prophesy to someone. You are in the final preparation. Some of you are in a season where you're in the final preparation. Isolation is about preparation. He's getting you ready, so get ready. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Get ready. Get ready because isolation is about preparation. If you feel like you're waiting, anybody ever feel like you've been waiting on God? Come on, make a little noise if you've ever felt like you're waiting. Yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. Watch this. If you're waiting, you got to wait right. You can't wait just any old way. Don't wait with an attitude. Don't wait sour. Don't wait ugly. You got to wait right. You got to wait right. You got to wait trusting God. You got to wait on that man trusting God. You got to wait on that relationship trusting God. You got to wait with a worship. You got to wait with a praise. You got to let the waiting make you more valuable. You got to make the waiting because you don't want to get to it too soon. You don't want to get to the breakthrough too soon. God's going to get you there at just the right time. Hear me in this house. You wait right. You got to wait right because how you act while you wait is often a clue of how you will act when you arrive. How you act when you wait is a clue of how you will act when you arrive. People only thank you, praise God, now. People only thank you're a worshiper now. They only thank you're radical now. When you see your children saved, when you see that new wine manifest, when you see God open the door, when you realize everything that he promised you is yes and amen. Even if you're isolated, even if, even though, even though you're isolated right now, realize I'm, I'm wanted. He took, he wanted me. He chose me. Tell your neighbor, he chose me. I'm wanted, I'm washed, I've been wounded, I've been winnowed, and now I'm waiting. What's after the waiting? What happens after the waiting? What is going on after the waiting? My God, my God, I've, he, 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 he wanted me, he, he washed me, he, he wounded me, he winnowed me, now he's waiting. What am I waiting for? Well, I'm glad you asked, because Luke 5 says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else new wine will burst the wine 
wineskins and be filled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine has to be put in new wineskins, and both are preserved. That means while he's making the wine, he's making the wineskin. While he's taking you through the process, he is preparing the place. Y'all don't make me come down there. He is up to something. He's up to something. Even when we don't understand it, he's up to something. So God will leave you waiting for the right wine skin. We have had our eyes on other people's wine skin. We, we've had our eyes on the wine skins that we want. I, if I could have a ministry like, like that, if I could have that opportunity, if I could walk through that door, if I had that philosophy of success, and then let me be poured out into that wine skin. That's my door. Let me be poured in and God says no 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 that's the wineskin that's the life I want but God won't let you get that he won't let you have that ministry that opportunity or that philosophy of success or that door because he understands that that is an old wineskin and he said son and daughter what I have for you is for you and I and that wineskin can't hold you because the truth is new wine is made for more when you put new wine in an old wineskin see the wine expands the more it ferments, the greater it becomes, the more it grows, it expands, it becomes more. And here's the fact, baby. Here's what the devil don't even want you to know. There are some doors that never opened for you, some things that never manifested because it was an old wineskin. It could not hold what God was about to do in your life. So instead of tripping over what door didn't open or what thing didn't manifest, you need to say, God, thank you. I've been through too much to go to the wrong place. I've been through too much to marry the wrong man. I've been through too much to say the wrong yes. I've been too, I've been through too much. You can't let me get somewhere where the wineskin will break. He, God said, I'm gonna hold you where you are before I'll let you get somewhere that can't contain you. See, it ain't about the wineskin that's old. It's about the new thing that God wants to do in your life. But you gotta believe that there is a new wineskin. Uh, you are new wine. Tell your neighbor you're new wine. You, you're made for more. Start looking for a new wineskin. Stop looking at other people's wineskins. Stop looking at what God has done for them and say, God, I can't fit in that paradigm. I can't fit in that situation. You got something else for me. Find me the right wineskin. Give me the right opportunity. Let me be the new wine in the new wineskin. You were made for more. You were made for more. You are new wine. Start looking for new wineskins. I dare you right now, begin to praise God for the new wineskins that he's opening up for your life. I need somebody way back in the back, way back in the balcony. I need you to praise God for the new wineskin that he's opening up for your life right now. Come on. gonna get radical if you believe your new wine come on make a little noise if you believe your new wine I'm gonna give you one more chance I said make a little noise if you believe your new wine and a new wine requires new wine skin so what you need to do is say God I thank you now for every time you close the door 
in a new wineskin you wouldn't want an old wineskin you wouldn't want to get somewhere before you're supposed to be there you wouldn't want to go through a door that wasn't yours so the grapes He wants you picked, chosen, pulled out of their environment, out of the mess, chosen, washed. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to clean you up. Washed, wounded. Wait a minute, Lord. If you wanted me and you washed me, why are you now wounding me? Why am I going through this, Lord? Why am I crying, Lord? You wanted me and you washed me and now, now you're wounding me, but there's qualities in you that cannot be revealed until you go through. to say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus can you raise one hand and say thank you Jesus thank you for the people that did me wrong thank you thank you for when my heart was broken thank you thank you for the crushing I don't understand it I didn't get it then I don't even get it now but Lord I thank you that there are qualities in me because I know you want me and I know you wash me. And I trust you that even if you wound me, you're going to make me better, not bitter. That you're going to reveal my seed. And I'll be winnowed. Deal with my flesh. And then I'll wait. Until my wineskin comes. I'm not going to compare my journey to somebody else's journey. 
I want my wine skin. So here's the truth. We all live in that process. It is part of our experience as believers. Wanted. Washed. Wounded. Winnowed. Waiting. Poured out. Okay, do it again. I don't want to do it again. Wanted. Washed. Wounded. Winnowed. Waiting. Okay, I'm 54 now. God, I've been pastoring for over 30 years. I don't want to do it. Wanted. Washed. Winnowed. Wounded. Waiting. Why? Why? Because no matter how good I am, I can always be better. I feel the anointing in this place. No matter how good I am, John, I can be better. You are making new wine. 
there is no freedom and the kingdom is here I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today is that you is that you down my old flames to carry, carry your new when I don't like it. So here's the question. Who saw yourself in this message today? Raise up two hands if you really saw yourself. So in Jesus' name, I declare that you are not going to be wasted. That he will put you in the right wineskin because he's got too much in you. Maybe you've been in a season of a drought. Maybe you've been in a season of struggle. But hear me now. You've been wanted. You've been washed. You've been wounded. You've been winnowed. And now you're waiting. But this is final preparation. You're going to be poured into a wineskin. Endure the process. Hold your hands up. I decree it and declare it. I encourage you in the Lord. No weapon formed against you will prosper if you'll stay in the process. If you'll stay in the process. If you, you lost your way, stay in the process. He's dealing with the flesh, stay in the process. He's crushing me, stay in the process. I'm waiting, stay in the process. I don't understand, stay in the process. In the next 90 days, God's gonna do some great things in your life and in mine. Doctor's reports are turning around, families are turning around. You're gonna realize your purpose. You're gonna know his plan. And you'll say, Lord, thank you for every closed door. Thank you for every time I was hurt. Thank you for every time I went through it because now look what you've done. I give you praise. Now I want everybody to hold those hands up and pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Just in case you don't know Jesus, pray Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, please forgive me for all sin. Take my heart, wash me clean in your precious blood. I want to be new wine. Take me, Lord, and make me what you want me to be. Nothing more and nothing less. I trust the process. I trust the process. I trust the process. I trust the process. My new wineskin is coming. I trust the process. I trust the process. Yeah, cut that up, I trust the process. Jesus' name. Now hold the hands up and Pastor Josh, you close us in prayer. You want a word to close out this moment? Here's the word. Persevere. If you don't quit, 
you can't be stopped. If you're a first-time guest, Pastor and Pastor Don are exiting now. We want you to meet them. You can go out these doors to your left. But I don't know about you, but I sense a new courage, a new confidence that he who has begun a good work in your life is faithful to bring it to completion. God is going to do what he said because he meant it when he started it. Somebody say amen. Reach over, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. You know what I found in moments like this? Oftentimes I'm looking for God to do something. And while I think he's doing something, really he's making something. So God make us. Don't just do a thing, make a thing. Make me. Make me everything you want me to be, Lord. Make me everything, Lord, that my purpose is destined for. Make me, Lord, everything, Lord, that conforms to your image so that people can look at my life and know that you're real and know that you are who you say you are. God, sometimes they can't see you, but maybe if they'll take a look, God, at everything you're doing in me, God, surely they will be able to say that you are good and they'll taste this new wine and they'll say, taste and see that you are good and you are great and greatly to be praised so God as we leave this room be with us move within us shape us and conform us to your son and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for new wine in Jesus name if you believe it somebody shout amen God bless you shake a hand hug a neck we love you and we'll see you next week we're made for more